Hello and welcome to the 13th episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today our movie came out exactly 10 years ago to the day. That movie is Inception, starring Tom Berenger. I'm with the person who I saw it with in theaters. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Colin Hang. What up, what up, what up? Yeah. How's it going, everyone? Man, 10 years ago. Where's the time gone? Jesus. I know. Seems just like yesterday. What a trip. Yeah, so we saw this oh, in man. we saw this in New Jersey when you were doing your internship. You remember that? Oh my gosh. Seriously? Yes. Oh. Has it really been that long? Yeah, man, dude. Time flies. Yeah, I think we went to point Pleasant, or the theater was around Point Pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. uh, Yeah, you came to visit me in New Jersey, and, you know, we we kind of drank, and from what I remember, we were drinking alcohol, even though we were under 21, and we're like, fuck it, let's go see a movie. (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like we weren't, like, super hyped to see the movie. I mean, like, we were like, oh, yeah, let's check it out, but we weren't like, oh, we have to see this. Yeah, and, and the funny part is um, Inception is definitely one of those movies where I feel like you have to watch it more than once to fully comprehend it. Oh, no doubt. I mean, yeah. this is really the second time I've seen it. I bought the Blu-ray. Blu-rays are so cheap now. I bought it for four bucks. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't believe it yeah, was that I, cheap. I watched it the other day, and I'm still learning facts about it that I totally missed. Yeah, that, um, so there's absolutely no way I, and I realized this at the time, there's no way I understood the movie when I first saw yeah, it. Yeah, like, me either. Me like, either. I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm kind of following along because there's, there's just so much going on, but you can kind of follow along with the action and everything and kind of be like, all right, I, I think I get this, <laughs> but I, I truly didn't get it. Like a dream within a dream, there's multiple levels. I was just like, all right, all right. Cool. That yeah, uh, this city is folding. Nice. You know, uh, Christopher Nolan, at the time I knew him from the Dark Knight series, right? Yeah, he Dark Knight Begins, a Dark Knight, and then... Um, with Inception, I feel like it just cut to a random scene, and then here it was. And I feel like the whole idea should have been reiterated a lot better. Because um, he kind of just threw us out there in terms of the ideas of, hey, this is what it is, and boom, it's happening. It's very fast-paced, so you have to, you have to stay focused and you have to concentrate in order to keep up with the movie. Yeah, you really do. There's a lot of uh, exposition through dialogue. Uh, I mean, the, every character, even throughout the end of the movie, is explaining what's going on. And you, you have to have someone do that yeah. because otherwise you're going to be like, what is going on? Like, we are, we're dropped right into a mission, a dream mission, dream extraction mi- mission, whatever, uh corporate espionage whatever it is uh, right away and <laughs> it's just like what is happening <laughs> right now like what <laughs> Sam the one thing I do remember is not being sober <laughs> and we're just seeing that van just 
it keeps dropping in slow motion. <laughs> and I didn't get it, and I kind of got angry. <laughs> and I think you heard me just like, what the fuck? <laughs> just jump in the water already. <laughs> now, after rewatching it the other day, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah, because time is slower each level you go in the dream, which is... Exactly. Which is crazy. Oh, man. And, of course, Christopher Nolan likes to leave uh, cliffhangers, and he doesn't like giving anyone closure. No, that was uh, that was very cruel. And I remember the audience actually, like, groaning as soon as it cut to black when we saw uh-huh. it in theaters. Like, that's one of the only parts I distinctly remember. It's that scene and when <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Arthur, kisses uh, Ellen Page. I just remember... Because it was, like, kind of funny the way he did it. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, it, it. I mean, it, it's so complex, but I feel like it still follows that same blockbuster formula. I mean, there's action, whatnot, and then it's broken up with funny lines here and there, like clever funny lines similar to what Spielberg does, but it, it's so much more... <laughs> complicated than your average like Steven Spielberg blockbuster. And I think he kind of just whispered to me at the time saying, what the fuck? Is this a dark night? Because a lot of the actors are the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I probably did. Yeah, because actually there's there's so many of them in the next one that uh, Christopher Nolan did after this. The Dark Knight Rises. uh, Leo's wife, uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in Dark Knight Rises, Killian Murphy, who's right. Scarecrow. He's actually in all three of the Dark Knight movies. He has smaller roles in the last <laughs> two. And then Michael Caine's in all of them. He's in this as yep. well. It's Great actor, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, I wish he had more screen time in this movie. So he's... he's I didn't. Do. I didn't really remember this. He's Leo's... Um, He's uh, Cobb's dad in the movie, mm-hmm. so yeah. I guess, I guess uh, Cobb didn't get that British accent. Oh well. Uh, well, overall, I think the movie was a great concept. Definitely. But to the average person who has a short attention span, <laughs> I can see where it's hard to follow. I I mean, it just. The fact that they're constantly, like, explaining everything that's going on, I mean, that that's really the purpose of Ellen Page's character. Um, mm-hmm. Since she's new to everything, so you got Arthur just explaining everything that's going on, explaining, like, uh, the concept of that stair, that never-ending staircase. And it's like, oh, okay, thank God for this character, otherwise we really would would not completely know what's going on. But it even gets to a point where Arthur is explaining to Cobb what's happening towards the end. And it's like, well, wait, you guys have been doing this for years. Why why do you have to explain that to him in this moment? Like, I, I know why it's there. It's just, I don't know, they call that lazy writing, I guess. But it, it, <laughs> they have to do it, otherwise the audience is <laughs> not going to understand it. So... So it's been ten years, and I think it's okay to talk about what actually happens in the movie now. Oh yeah, we spoil um, we spoil all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, guys, if you haven't seen the movie now, 
Come on, give us a break. Uh, I um, just did the Fight Club one, and I, the one of the first things I say is Tyler Durden is <laughs> real. <laughs> but what's crazy is that Cobb knew that Inception was possible because he did it to his wife. Right. That's the biggest mindfuck of the whole movie, in my opinion. And this is what I sort of don't like about Christopher Nolan for this movie. <clears throat> that scene should have had more of a suspense, in my opinion. It should have been more dramatic. It, to me, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, I did this. It was a tragic thing. Then I'm going to keep moving on. Like, what the hell, dude? Your wife killed herself because of you. Like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Wait, uh, is this when he, he goes into limbo with um, Ellen Page's character? Is that what the scene you're referring no, to? No, this is, this is when he could, I guess, in his own subconscious, yeah, towards the end, he talks to the memory of his wife and uh, validates yeah. that he knew Inception was possible because he did it to his own wife. Uh, and I don't know if you remember the scene where both of their heads are on the train tracks. Yeah, yeah, that's how they yeah. initially uh, get themselves out of limbo the first time. Yeah. And then they get out, and they're, I well, I mean, it, it depends on how you interpret the movie, but uh, one of the the most common ways to interpret it is that they do go back into reality and she thinks she's still dreaming and so she ends up killing herself thinking she's going to wake up to reality when really she just killed herself. <laughs> now, I've got to be honest. When I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, we're in a dream. We're in another dream. Wait, he got shot, but he's okay again. What the hell? Yeah, no, it's, it's really confusing. Cause yeah, you're fighting in the ceiling now. That's awesome. <laughs> but what's going on? Yeah, yeah. The the whole like uh, what is it? Uh, Robert Fisher, the uh, the uh, rich dude, the guy guy's mind they're uh, extracting from. He he gets shot at one point, and then we're like, oh, but we were we were told. That if you get shot in these dreams, then you die in real life. But I guess he didn't die. I don't know. Like that's where it gets confusing. And then they, I, I, I'm trying to understand limbo a little better because, um, both uh Sado and um, oh poor Sado. Yeah, kept getting shot over and over again. No matter what other dream they kept going in, said, "Oh, he got shot again." Yeah, uh, actually, it might be Saito. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so he go he goes into limbo after level three. Well, all right, I got an illustrated guide here. I'll uh, I'll uh, give the quick rundown. So, uh, level one's reality. Um, I mean, this is this is when they get Robert Fisher involved in the main part of the movie, not the beginning of the movie. So you get Robert Fisher. They're all on the plane. Uh, it's a ten-hour ride. So in the dream world, it's it's what it's 
a lot longer. Um, mm-hmm. So they all they all enter the dream. It's Yusuf, the chemist, who I believe it was ten years, but I'm not quite sure. I want to say it was ten years. Yeah, I I I don't remember the exact number, but uh, whatever they say, I remember thinking, oh wow, that's that's a really long time. Um, which uh, it's kind of crazy thinking about. And then, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Saito, he's he's in limbo. <laughs> he's he's an old man towards the end, um, which I don't really understand. How how do you age in a dream? <clears throat> that that's something that I'm stuck on too, to be honest. Yeah, because that the um. same thing happened with um, with Cobb and his wife. They also grew. They were in their yes. limbo for 50 years and you see them as senior citizens towards the end of it. Like, <clears throat> my interpretation was that was uh, he was just telling the memory of his wife of what happened. I guess try to feed her like a beautiful lie. To me, that's what it seemed like. So I don't know if they actually grew old together in real life. That's something I'm still stuck on to be honest with you. Right, yeah. And when they commit suicide in Limbo, getting run over by the train, you see their faces, and they're young. I don't know. I mean, the movie itself, the concept is, is wonderful. It's a brilliant idea. It is. It is I think the delivery of it should have been simplified. Yeah, it's a, it's a big ask. It's a big ask to, to Huge, follow. Huge, yeah, up. for sure. Um. But uh, yeah. Let me let me look at these the levels here. So all right. So level one's reality. Level two is when uh, when they're in the the van. <laughs> dude, wh- can that dude drive? Like Jesus. Um, Yusuf, he's the one who imagined that. Um. Then they go to level three. It's Arthur. They're in the hotel. Whatever. Then they go down to level four. That is Eames' dream, the snow fortress. And shit happens there. They end up going into limbo. I mean, I, I think the, the best part of the movie is in level three at the hotel with Arthur and them losing uh, gravity in that hotel hallway. I think. And that's definitely where most of the action is concentrated on. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't even think there's really CGI. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but I mean, the it's a uh, you know camera tricks. They uh, I guess that that whole room was like a hamster wheel, but the camera was stationary. So. Well, one cool thing about the movie that I like is how if you're in someone else's dream, the more you change that dream, the more their subconscious is suspicious of you as an invader. Kind of like white blood cells attacking bacteria in a in in a body, right? Do yeah, remember them explaining that? Yeah. So I I found that pretty uh pretty interesting to be honest with you. But uh, n- I guess Nolan after he made, he was Memento, which was early two thousands. He came up with this concept of uh, doing a, a dream movie, but I think originally the idea he had was a. Uh, more horror inspired and 
he didn't end up going forward with it. I guess he wanted to flesh it out more. And then he ended up doing Batman, which is a very smart decision because I think the fact that he made this movie as well as, um, I mean, he the fact that he made Batman Begins in the Dark Knight gave him enough uh, you know, confidence in the studio to give him a big budget sci-fi movie. It, they're rarely um, original uh, screenplays that are made into big blockbusters these days. It's I gotta be honest. I really have only seen the movie twice. No, I, I it's same with me. And after talking to you, I want to watch it a third time. I'm so yeah, I, I do too. Um because I, I, I had to I had to do further research after I watched it. Just to really understand what was going on. I was on YouTube. I was trying to watch all these videos. I watched the the Honest trailer again. You ever watch those? <laughs> I have seen some of those. They're pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Pretty creative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, did a good, they did a good job with this one. And they, they actually bring up a good point in that. Uh, why couldn't Leo's... Uh, why couldn't Cobb's kids come to uh, Europe? Right. <laughs> the, the whole the whole point of him going on this mission <laughs> is so he can see his kids again. But he started a new life in Paris. The end. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of like the honest trailer with Lord of the Rings, where I guess the ego just flies Frodo to Mordor, so he can just destroy the ring. Just the end. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, uh, Sam and Frodo. Yeah, that I. But yeah, that those are very valid points. I mean, that that's definitely what plotting. exactly. What kind of phone call did Sato make for him to have that much power? Yeah. Who? So. And what kind of a company did they run? And I guess. What I'm asking now, Sam, yeah. is that what was the whole fucking point it, of doing the Inception? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the see, it's a he very... was talking to his father that passed away, right? Right. Like, why are there are there companies, uh, I guess, linked? Is that the reason why, or um, was it because that company was suffering and it drove down? Sato's division, it didn't, for me, it did not fully explain why it was necessary or why he wanted it done. He just wanted it done. And then Leo said, no, it wasn't possible. And then Sato says, do you want to go back home and see your kids? And Leo turns around knowing that inception is actually possible. He just knew how dangerous it was due to his wife. And he said, okay. Right. It seemed it seems a little complicated. It seems I mean it's not um, ethically the right thing no, to do. No, by any means, but... not at all. And for him to put that much trust into him, just out of the blue, just like, all right, well, if you don't keep your promise and we land, I go to jail for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that is it's very risky. Very very risky, and so. 
say it, I think it's actually Saito. I'm, I looked up the pronunciation. I don't know. We're, I'll get shit either way. Um, but it, so he's already rich. He owns a big company. Like what? What? What's the end game for him? Like, what does he want? Just a complete monopoly and whatever industry this is? Because it, it sounds like it. Yeah, because it's it sounds like it's two companies and this other company, Robert Fisher's father, um, is uh is the competitor. It's like, all right, you want to wipe them out? What? So you can get? Yeah. To me, to me, it seems like. He didn't want the company, which is competitor, to thrive. And to me, I guess, uh, I guess the son of the other corporations, uh, I guess CEO or founder, I guess the emptiness of not having validation through his father was going to push him to build the company even more. And maybe Sato didn't want that. Uh, Maybe he just didn't want any more competition. It never fully explained why it was why it needed to be done, in my opinion. And that's my issue with this movie, along with the cliffhanger, with the totem at the very end. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. What a fucking asshole movie on so many levels. This movie fucking pisses me off. I'm just I'm gonna watch it a third time, and if I don't like it, I'm just gonna throw my laptop against my wall because well I'm not going to do that because then I would have to buy a new laptop but yeah, it, in so many levels I feel like he didn't deliver how a director should in my opinion Yeah, and you know what I don't mean to hate that much I get, I get that these actors and these producers are way more talented than I am and I guess I just sound like a hater but as a customer and a fan, I feel like my expectations weren't quite met on that aspect. Well, yeah, I mean, we I mean regardless, it was still entertaining. I just want to fully comprehend on what happened. Yeah. And maybe I'm just one of those people that just needs to know everything. But to me, Inception just seemed, the movie just seems like a toxic relationship. Where like an ex girlfriend would just not give you closure. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. me, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Like you, you know how I am. I, I, I say it like it is. I don't have a filter. <laughs> no, that that's why I wanted you on here. And uh, you know, I I think it'd be boring if we do. So I got two two hundred and fifty movies to do. It'd be boring if. All of, all the movies I'm just praising. I mean, no, no. Th this I, I, I'm definitely not the type to praise. I'll give credit where it's due, but yeah. I mean, this part definitely pissed me off. So, mm. I, don't know. I mean, doing my research afterwards, Nolan gave an interview to Princeton University, super random mm. or college. Oh, great! Here we go. To uh, to Princeton and said. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a question or whatever, but he was explaining why he didn't show what happens to the top at the end of the movie. He's like, oh, well, it's not the point. It's the, the main point is that Cobb realizes 
that it doesn't matter whether he's a, it's a dream or reality. It's the fact that he sees his children again. He sees their faces again, and he's, he's fine with living in either or. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay, so the message of the movie is who cares if you're happy if you're sober on drugs? <laughs> That's pretty much the message of the fucking movie. Wow. <laughs> wow, Nolan. Look what as long as you're happy, who gives a fuck? I, I don't know. To me, if you have two kids alive in the physical world, I'd much rather be in the real world with them than some fucking dream world. Yeah, dream world is weird. And here's another thing. He's definitely in the dream world. You know why? Because the kids did not fucking age. Um, I, I think that's what I think. And the totem didn't stop spinning, even though it looked like it was. I yeah, it looked like it it might have almost stopped towards the end. Exactly, but... it was like wobbling, and then but that does it kept happen. going and going, and then cutscene. Yeah. Um, I I think the kids. I I did see a video where they explain like the kids are slightly older, not by much, but. Uh, okay, so like know. a couple months. Yeah. Was his hair a little longer? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's another thing, Sam. What the fuck is up with that kid's hair? Like, get a haircut. It's, uh, it's very Man, I'm just hating on so many levels. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I was shocked that you haven't just yelled, Sam, why the fuck is Juno in this movie? <laughs> I forgot she was in that. Yeah. You know, I've never seen Juno, but because everyone around our age was talking about it so much, I just had to hate on it. It's just one of those people. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was very overhyped at the time. And, uh, actually, I've never seen it all the way through either. I've just seen scenes here and there on TV. Um, oh man! But yeah, I feel like I'll probably end up watching it again and appreciate it more. No, for sure, it's it's definitely one of those movies where you need to watch it at least three times, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot. And, There's um. And yeah, my my anger is just due to the fact that I also have a short attention span, but I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> Right. And I would definitely give it another chance. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I guess. Uh, I just didn't like. I didn't like the beginning of the movie. To be honest with you, it just. That the, there's no introduction. There was no backstory. It was just here you go. Yeah, and that's my issue with it too. You're dropped right into everything, and mm -hmm. it's it's hard to really understand what's going on. Um, it reminded me of my first uh, driving lesson. In high school, I didn't even pull out of a parking lot or anything. The guy just told me to drive on the freeway. My first time behind the wheel. On the freeway. And that's what watching the movie sounded like. Yeah, I remember no. the Linway. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> the Linway's intense. Um, For your first time, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that uh, that that's a good way of putting it. You're just you're just thrown into the fire. Like, okay, what's going on? They're in a dream. This looks like reality, though, but. 
Why is uh, why is this guy falling into a bathtub? <laughs> I don't get it. Whoa, scarecrows in this movie? Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. But with that said, I'll probably end up watching. It I mean, now. with that said, I mean the acting was great. The the cutscenes were awesome. The suspense and the music was good. But like I said, the explanation and I guess the main um, points of why things are the way they are kind of got overlooked a little bit. I feel like they should have been bigger scenes. Like I said, especially the part where he actually implanted Inception into his own wife. I think that should have been a much bigger scene than it was. Yeah, explained a little further instead of it just operating mm -hmm. mostly as a twist. And I'm kind of annoyed with the audio of it, to be honest with you. Oh, the... Mm, in the exactly. There was more emphasis on that sound than the actual conversation. And I feel like the conversation is what should have been a lot more clear. Yeah. For you to fully understand the movie. So many movies have tried to replicate that uh that sound or the, uh, they pretty much just use it straight up even in the trailers mm -hmm. and Hans Zimmer who did the score for this he's actually pretty pissed off by it and he's like oh my god I started this and I hate it <laughs> well Colin thank you so much for doing this Sam Kane always really a pleasure appreciate it.